As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce Welcome when he was to- out the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packer, professional sports fan. And I'm joined, always, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And we are coming to you live from the bowels of the TD Garden on a Friday night after the Celtics lose a very bizarre game to the Orlando Magic 117-109. to Al Horford got ejected. Rob Williams is back. The Celtics lost to the Magic, who are on a, a five-game winning streak. They can't stop Markel Fultz or Cole Anthony. Just absolutely a, a, a banana land game, Jay. And uh, I guess what what's, what was your biggest takeaway from uh, what we saw out there? Whoever had Al Horford in the pool to become the first Celtic to take a nut shot at somebody <laughs> else this year is a rich man because he was way down on the list of guys I would have expected to get launched for uh, slamming another man in the baby makers. But, yeah, I mean, the, the 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 real takeaway from this game, beyond the win, the loss, the ugly stretches of play, Robert Williams played and he was jumping around. He was moving well. Considering how much time he missed and, you know, the, the level of play – that I expected, like, he just far surpassed it. Um, He was active. He was energetic. He was running the court in transition. He didn't look too out of sorts conditioning-wise. Like, he looked to be in pretty good shape. Um, And obviously, he had some, some rhythm stuff, picked up a bunch of fouls early. One of them was probably a little bogus. Um... He should have. He should have had four fouls in the, his first eight, four minutes, though. Like he picked them up very quickly. I think his first stint was like rocky, but that's clearly just him getting used to it. But you can just see the impact that he makes on the court with just like having the lob threat there. But just the way he deters shots around the rim, like it was. You forget how good this guy and how impactful he can be at basketball, um, and just the the impact he has on the depth. I know the Celtics bench like was pretty bad tonight, but. 
They like you just insert Robert Williams in the lineup, and they just have so much more depth coming off their bench in their nine man unit. I mean, I, Blake Griffin did play in the fourth quarter a bunch, but that was mostly because Al Horford was ejected. But just the nine man unit was just so much more impressive. Um, and just having him out there with Al Horford, um, it's just a good sign for the Celtics moving forward. Yeah, and and that's that's the most important thing. Um, we can talk about a lot of different stuff from the game. They're, the Celtics, like, their first five minutes were awesome. <laughs> they looked extremely good. They jumped that. out to a 14-4 lead and then um, gave up, I think, a 20 20- Eight to ten run, and um, then there was just far too much Mo Wagner. <laughs> Entirely too much Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner <laughs> dominated this game. I did not think that was going to happen. He dominated this game uh, again. Cole Anthony very very shifty in the uh, second half. Markel Fultz going on a run. They just couldn't really stop Franz Wagner either. Is just uh, Mo Wagner had twenty five points in twenty three minutes, and he was talking shit the whole time. He was chirping. He's one of those guys who like it. He doesn't think of himself as a borderline NBA player. He <laughs> he fancies himself as an absolute problem. And I love Mo Wagner. I, I love him so much. He talks so much crap <laughs> for a guy who is, frankly, usually not very good at basketball. And he's the one who took the shot to the groin while he was – he got called for a foul – and then took like he pro- like brought that on himself. I don't want to blame the victim here, but that is that's contributory negligence. Like he he it's not often you get hit in the nuts while you're fouling someone, and that gets cut as a flagrant two that gets uh, them ejected from the game. And I don't know if this was caught on the <laughs> the TV, um, but shortly after that, like the Celtics kind of totally fell apart for a little while. Um, Jason Tatum got a tech. Uh, like they really were out of sorts for a while, just all sorts of pissed off. And at one point, Mo Wagner, like shortly after Al Horford's ejection, Mo Wagner went around like pointing at his head. <laughs> you guys are mentally like, weak. Like either you guys are mentally weak, I'm in your head, uh, something. I, I don't know exactly what he meant by it, but I was I was more than impressed with Mo Wagner's shit talking <laughs> and just the level of nonsense. He put the Celtics through during the game. Um, did not anticipate so much Mo Wagner, but there was a lot of Mo Wagner. It was not less Wagner. It was, it <laughs> it was, was Mo definitely Wagner. Mo Wagner. <laughs> I'd be so obnoxious if there was two. If I was a Magic's um, podcaster and there was two Wagners in there, and I was, I'd constantly be making Mo Wagner jokes. Should the Celtics be concerned about like? They lost some games on the West Coast trip. Their offense has not looked as good. Um, I saw some – I actually saw this online. I did, I'm not doing a sports talk radio thing. People were like, the, the Celtics are not taking it to teams. They are not don't have that intensity. They just let, like, let the magic walk all over them. Is there any validity to that? Are they, are they like struggling right now? Should, should Celtics fans be concerned about uh, this game? I don't think so. Like, we, we talked about – on recent podcasts about how we thought when Robert Williams gets back, the Celtics will have some of their bumpier performances. And I don't want to put everything on him because he was pretty good. He was at least once Horford got ejected, their best big man. Um, 
And he, quite frankly, played at a level I did not expect him to after so much time off. But, like, I felt his first stint really hurt them. And it took away the rhythm that they had. Um, I think oh, he, yeah, was, he was like a minus 17 or something or minus 12. I think it was minus 10 in his first, like, three or four minutes and in that first stint. So it went from they were up big, they were rolling, to they're incorporating the new guy. He's not on the same page yet with everyone. Uh, and again, like I said, I, I think it was very promising for him, but I felt like that stint really took away the way that they started the game and they did have an edge. They did have like a purpose to start the game. It just, they weren't able to keep it. Jason Tatum had pretty rough second half, um, more of a quiet second half, I guess, than a rough second half. It wasn't like he was like missing a ton of shots. It was more like he just, didn't really do much. He took him a while to score a bucket in that second half, um, which will be rare, but he hasn't played at the same level lately consistently that he did earlier in the season. And I don't think that's anything to be concerned about, but but they definitely need him to start playing at that level again. They also just missed a shit ton of open threes tonight. Like, you shoot 23%. 24%, 11 for 46 from three. Like this offense is like predicated on them taking a fuck ton of threes. And some nights they're just not going to go in. And it felt like. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon especially had like tons of wide, wide open, open ones. Marcus Smart missed some wide open ones. I think um, like after Tatum got that tech, Marcus Smart kind of like brought the whole team together, brought him in a huddle. And it felt like he did a lot of good things in terms of like trying to get the team back into the game. There was like a lot of energy. They really started like locking down defensively, but they just never hit like three shots in a row to basically go on that run. And like, I think that's just going to happen over the course of an 82 game season. It's like when you're shooting over 43s a game, sometimes you're just not going to have those nights. Uh, and like, they just never were able to, like, the Magic didn't dominate them. Like, the Magic in the second half didn't have any 30-point quarters. It wasn't like the Magic were scoring at will. I actually thought the Celtics did a better job on defense. They are just down by, I guess, how, what was the biggest lead at, at some point? Yeah, 19. And they just never were able to, like, string three shots together and really, like, make a, make a full comeback. And just they, they got it to eight and then just couldn't do anything. Yeah, they uh... – they started to pick it up after they got 19, sort of after Smart pulled them together. Uh, there was a timeout shortly after that, and Tatum started picking up Boncaro full court, and there was a stretch when the Celtics looked like they might pull it together. Um, they just could never get over the hump. They had pretty – they only had 14 turnovers, but they seemed like key turnovers. Like, they were all in inopportune times. Uh, Jalen had a bunch of travels. <laughs> like stepping like, out of bounds on an ATO. Yeah, just random travels. And they were legit travels. Like it wasn't like No, they, it wasn't like the Ballyhoo Tom Foolery we saw. It was like you oh, you took four steps there before your jump shot. Yeah, they were they were definitely valid uh travels, but just just some weird moments like that that kind of took away some of the Celtics rhythm too. Um and took away their chance to come back. But I mean, frankly, like it was a rough stretch for a while there. Just Wagner's everywhere. <laughs> just <laughs> they just kept coming. Wagner after Wagner after Wagner. Um, let's talk about Robert Williams's 
debut. Let's go more into depth there because um, he did a lot for he played 17 and a half minutes. Uh, he came off the bench. I I suspect he'll probably come off the bench for a while um, while they ramp him up, but but maybe not. Like they don't have to at all. Uh, we did not see him play with Al Horford at all in that big duo that really. I thought his first stint. So I thought his first stint was with Horford. I thought he came in for White, and we saw like a maybe re- for like thirty seconds. Yeah. Um. Maybe I'm wrong there. Um. But there wasn't too much of that at the very least, and part of that was Horford got ejected and was not available <laughs> to return to the game. Uh, I enjoyed Horford's ejection because he was pissed off. That's terrible, he was saying as he walks off just, the court. Just muttering to himself or maybe saying it louder, that's terrible. Um, but Robert Williams, like, the lobs were there. He Well, the is, lobs were interesting because they, they didn't, like, get them in, like, traditional pick-and-roll lobs. Like, I think there's the Tatum one was a bit more in transition – Marcus Smart, he was just like wide open when Smart threw it to him. And then there's a he had a put back dunk. Like he I didn't think he had as much gravity on offense as you would like would think fully healthy Rob Williams was. He clearly made a difference. Um just as an outlet. And Tatum said that after the game, just like as a guy, just like you can throw it up there. But I also think they haven't had that yet. Like they haven't had a roller. <laughs> um Luke Cornett has been probably their primary role threat this season which is not even remotely close to robert williams so why didn't luke Cornette play in the fourth quarter why did blake griffin play those five minutes and 21 seconds that's a good question because i thought Cornette was actually doing what he was supposed to do um for a little while they had him guard markel fultz which is sort of what they've been doing lately is just Sicking Luke Cornett on guards who can't really shoot. Except I feel like it was okay against John Wall. It was the way to go against Russell Westbrook. Like, you want to beg him to shoot. But I feel like Markel Fultz is, like, a step above those guys as a scorer. Like, has more shake and bake to him at this stage of his career, uh, obviously. Well, they did the same thing with Robert Williams. It seems to be, like, it was kind of their strategy of just, like, okay – and I thought the Magic actually were able to stay ahead when they went away from Markel Fultz and put in Cole Anthony, who's just the guy's a professional hooper. That guy, that guy can just score. Uh, and he was taking it to Jason Tatum. Like I was, I would say they're all professional hoopers. Everybody in there. No, no, they're professional basketball players. They're not hoopers. <laughs> <laughs> Hooper is a different, different breed. Ish Smith is a hooper. We're giving Cole Anthony that title. After tonight, Cole Anthony, 14 points, taking it straight to Jason Tatum and just shifty as hell. It was a good game from Cole Anthony, known professional hooper. Uh, what else from Robert Williams' debut? That first stint, like we talked about, like he just got caught out of position a couple of times. Um, I, fe- I felt like he was really impactful defensively after that, though. Like Mo Bamba tried to post up Sam Hauser twice in a span of like a minute or two. And Robert Williams rotated over to swat away the first try. And then the second try, Bamba, he lost it or, like, someone knocked it away before Robert Williams could block it again. But Williams was, like, right there. And it's just kind of a reminder of how how much of a presence he is and how he changes, like, he makes other mismatches not a mismatch anymore. Yeah. Because 
like Mo Bamba and Sam Hauser, if nobody's helping or nobody with size and athleticism is helping, that might be a good thing for the Magic. Maybe not because it's Mo Bamba, but it might be a good thing for the Magic. Um, but it didn't matter that it was Sam Hauser against a guy however many inches taller because Robert Williams was there to just erase the mistake. Um, there was a play where Paolo was posting up Smart, um, and Smart actually ended up taking the charge on it, but like Robert Williams was right there, and Smart was able to just kind of force him inside, and just having that impact of that, and Robert, like Time Lord was right there ready to swat the ball, but Smart like took the charge. But just having that presence there makes such an impact, um, just him playing on the weak side. I also thought he made a huge difference on the offensive glass, just like his ability to get to balls and tip things out just like is not something they had. And it just feels like when he's there more, like more stuff is just happening um, on the offensive glass just because he has, he's an elite jumper. Like the guy can, the guy can jump. Uh, he had saw a few of it, the, the time Lord contests, which are fundamentally different from the, uh, the Cornette contest. Cause he's blowing past people at three point line. Like that messed him up a little bit, but the man, the man can jump and he was excited to jump, uh, and I just think he's like, it just adds a different dynamic to what they can do on offense. I also thought like his passing, the one three that Malcolm Brogdon did make, like probably the best Celtics possession of the game where they just moved the ball, moved the ball. He probably might have had a chance at like a contested dunk, but he had a great pass to find Malcolm Brogdon in the corner. Just that like dynamic passing from the big man position. It's something Al Horford can do, but it's like um, he's not as much as a threat at the rim. And so there's not like people collapsing on him as much. And I thought that was like, Robert Williams, known good passer, will I think will definitely fit in with the Celtics offense. Yeah, but the offense is like a little different than it was last season. Like he's not gonna, it's not gonna be totally the same for him. So I do think there's gonna be an adjustment period as as they get reacclimated to having a guy like that again. It's gonna be interesting to see if they roll with the double big because we're talking about how impactful he is as this weak side, but if they're rolling with him and then four guards slash wings, are they going to, you put Tatum on the, the biggest guy down the court or how do you like kind of implement that weak side Rob uh, ability? If you have m- four much smaller players and you don't have Al Horford out there. Yeah. Sometimes they've been doing that with like Marcus smart guarding the big this season. Like we've seen him guard centers at times, um, even with Horford on the court or Luke Cornette sometimes, uh, but yeah, it's gonna, that's going to be different too. Like when they do go to that double big lineup, I looked it up today. Al Horford only played 26 minutes with Luke Cornett this entire season so far. Um, so that's going to be a major change. And I think like it's really going to benefit the Celtics defense. The offense, I'm not sure it will. Um, and it'll at least be like different from the five out that they've played a lot of the time. Um or with Cornette, like, four out a lot of the time. But they've always – even Cornette can shoot threes. Blake Griffin can shoot threes. Al Horford obviously shoots threes. Every big man they've played so far can shoot threes. Um, And Robert Williams is just different than everybody. In in awesome ways, mostly. But um, it will be, like, a little different with him. And I I do think it will take some time. But we'll see. We'll see how – I was really like blown away by how good he looked considering like, I didn't expect much. We saw him scrimmage a couple of weeks ago and he frankly looked like super gassed, like totally out of shape. 
And, you know, two and a half weeks later, three weeks later, whatever it was, he looked far better than I, than I thought. So I, I just felt like that was really promising for them. Um, to get him back and hopefully keep him healthy would be a huge, huge deal. Do you have some junk? Are you bringing out the junk oh, yeah. right now? I mean, I, do you have any other observations from this game? Did Sam Hauser forget how to shoot? Uh, he feels like he's been in a slump recently. He has been in a slump. An 0 for 2 tonight. Uh, it's a sad day when the Wagners, when Mo Wagner outshoots Sam Hauser. 1 for 2 for Mo. 0 for 2 for Sam Hauser. Obviously not a huge sample size there. But, uh, yes, Hauser, I mean, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. The guy has shot 40% or better literally every season of his life. Um, He's a professional uh, shooter. Not a professional hooper at this point, but professional shooter. Some would say he's a hooper. Uh, no, he's not a hooper. Why, why, what type of game do you have to have? you got to be able to get your own buckets if you're a hooper. I mean, off the dribble. I just, I just think that the term Hooper is disingenuous and often refers to people who are destructive to their team. Oh, you know, Hooper doesn't mean necessarily mean good. I mean, Jordan, Nick Young, I would say is a Hooper. Would Derek White be a Hooper? Because he has a great mind for the game. No. But doesn't get his own bucket. See, that's totally wrong. (laughs) It's not my, I didn't make up the word. Yeah. See, I just think people are using it wrong. If you're using it just as a guy who can go get his own shot. Derek White's a gamer, not a Hooper. He's a hooper. High IQ guys are my hoopers. <laughs> Agree to disagree. But that's a good transition into the, the junk. After the at last podcast, hey, end up. I didn't even have any junk for that podcast. It was just a... Uh, it was I, pathetic. I didn't know how to close the podcast, so I just mentioned some uh, random observations. And it wasn't good junk. And then Jay King, he challenged me. To come up with some inane observations. And what a night to do it. Um, you know, absurd game. Al Horford gets uh, ejected. No one's really here because it's an Orlando game. So I actually get to sit downstairs, you know, a, a different vantage point. But let's do this. Um, it's, it's an honor to be doing the junk drawer in person. We are recording in like some back room at TD Garden right now. And also an honor to be doing the junk drawer on a night when Al Horford hits someone in the junk. Yes. All right, let's start. The The woman, I don't know her name, but she's the host uh, of the Celtics uh, like pregame or the, the entertainment. Oh, this is quite a start. Wearing a full gold outfit, gold Larry Bird jersey and gold thigh-high boots. Electric look. Uh, I was not prepared for that. I don't know where you get a gold Larry Bird jersey, uh, but that, that was uh, fantastic. All right. Uh, Joe Mazzula, big fan of Quizlet. It's the his favorite way to communicate information. I don't know if people saw it there. Some random woman in Phoenix found Joe Mazzula's Quizlet, which is what just is on, Quizlet. It's just online flashcards, and it was just uh, he had like that's how he did his scouting when he was like assistant coach of just individual guys on different teams. Um, and he was asked about it before the game, and he's like, "Yeah, great way to learn." Big Quizlet guy. Yeah, it, it is. So it is. It is a fact that that was actually Joe Mazzulla's Quizlet account. I kind of thought it was because um, it would be so weird for someone else to make that up. But it was all from twenty twenty one season, and it wasn't like outrageously like stuff like I think it was state secrets. It was twenty twenty one. I thought it was earlier than that. 
I think it was 2020 or 2021, but it was like, it wasn't, it was just like, oh, Luka Doncic, uh, you should force him left. Uh, and it was like, it was interesting to see, but generally, uh, these guys are very secretive about their coaching, uh, materials. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't want that to get out there, even though it was totally harmless that it did get out there. And he quickly deleted the account. Oh, yeah. His Quizlet account was gone as soon as people spotted it. Within 45 minutes of that tweet going live. Yeah. That means he must be very online. He's very or online. His, so, his who, wife's very online. Someone was monitoring the Quizlet news and let him How know. quickly did someone in the – that was – that's funny. Like imagine getting that text being like, Joe. Joe, it's time to do the They found the Quizlet your Quizlet. <laughs> they found the Quizlet. You must burn down the Quizlet account. Just hilarious. So it is. it was confirmed him though. Um, classic. <laughs> I never knew what Quizlet was. Quizlet. That's kind of tough to say. Did you? Did you? What was your study? Uh, study material of choice back when you were doing, a, you know, cramming for an exam. You I wasn't a big study guy. Wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't a big reviewing the information for the test guy. Yeah. No. I. Uh, my thing in my later years of college became, I would actually go to class. Bold step. Take notes. You note taker. And I would take notes. Good start. And. Then I would, um, I would use those notes at the end and basically just study the notes and nothing else. Would you like read? Like, would you summarize the notes? Like, put them in an outline for me? Just reread what you wrote? No, I was a very bad note taker, and so a lot of the time <laughs> when I went back, I wasn't really sure what I was reading. Um, but that was my preferred method of studies because it, it was easier that way. Um, and then you at least soak in some of the information while in class. And you won't totally bomb the tests if you're there. I, I, I learned that it was pretty important to actually attend class after uh, my first couple of semesters went awry. Is how Hear I that, put it. college students out there, go to class. Here's a piece of advice. Don't sign up for classes that are on Fridays because you're not going to go to those classes. I also We also had an honor code at my school. So you could take the tests a lot of the times wherever you wanted on campus. As long as you sign the honor code saying that you did not cheat, and uh, I don't know, I, as as a person who might be a lawyer, Jake, I would off, I would say you need to stop talking right now. I won't admit to cheating. I will say that you had the opportunity that the to. system was set up in a way to open the door to cheating. It incentivized cheating. It's a system. It's a system failure. It's it's a system failure. And honestly, if you didn't cheat, and not saying again, not saying that I did, but if you didn't cheat, you were an idiot. I got nothing else to say. I think we should move on. As your lawyer, I think we should move on. <laughs> Cold Garden tonight. Jake King complained about it. It was fucking freezing. <laughs> I wasn't garden. complaining. I wasn't complaining. I just said it was cold. <laughs> Uh, but it was it was frigid in there. Like, that's the coldest. It's always cold in there, but that was as cold as it's been. Do you remember those pictures uh, before the the 2017 draft of just Markel Fultz like staring at different places in in the garden? Yeah, I saw some of those resurface on Twitter today. I think you, I, I you, quote tweeted yeah. uh, Forsberg. That just make me laugh. Like that was such a thing. Do you think that was just like Danny Ainge knew he was still like gonna get Tatum the whole time and brought Markel in for this weird photo shoot? I think that was set up by his agency. Um, Who let him into the building then? Like the TD Garden did, not the Celtics? That was so fucking weird. The guy that they were, weren't even going to draft didn't end up drafting and actually traded away the fucking pick. 
that was used to draft him was just touring TD Garden, thinking it was going to be his home court. And, and they took like dramatic photos of him, like looking out over the court, and then like him looking at the big three on the wall, like the old like eighties big three. Weird stuff. Celtics, um, Celtics dodged a bullet there. Although he's he's actually pretty good. Like he's, I like his game. He's I good. Wish he could shoot a little better from outside. He went on a like six point run that like kind of put the the game uh, uh, away. Um, only one like real jumbotron game tonight. It was a showdown. Uh, we had to name old technology, Al Horford versus Peyton Pritchard. That was electric. The Peyton Pritchard part. Feels like it was a setup because Al Horford, known guy who owned a beeper, uh, and Peyton Pritchard had no idea what a floppy disk was, no idea what a beeper was. Yeah, so they just showed the photos of all those things to the players, and the players had to say what they were, and Peyton Pritchard had no fucking clue. I think he got one and a half, and Al Horford got... Ten and a half. No idea what a VHS was. Yeah, he called VHS DVDs. That was that was a tough moment. No, I'd never for, seen a BlackBerry me. before. It made me feel very old. Like I like that shouldn't be. I didn't think that was general. Like a BlackBerry is just like everyone had that. People were playing. Brick but everyone breaker. had it while Peyton Pritchard was like five years old. Man, instead of getting up and having dribbling to your uh, knuckles bleed, Peyton Pritchard, open your eyes and just look around and see what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a tough moment for uh, Peyton Pritchard. Tough, uh, tough moment for me because that made me feel very fucking old. Uh, Time Lord checking into a standing ovation, I thought was pretty cool. Like the cool part was that the bench did it too. That that was what I found cool. Like, of course, the fans are going to do it, but the players on the bench stood up and were really excited for him to check in that game, and I thought that was cool. Um, the parachute drop of the T-shirts is just um. Gary Washburn's been on this for years, but like the t-shirt toss is just class warfare because you're never giving the t-shirts to the people in the balcony. The parachute drop does the same thing. All the parachutes don't land in the balcony. It's just aerial class warfare, and I'm not here for it. You really came with some junk tonight. <laughs> you told me to. Uh, Cornette did a Cornette contest on uh, Paolo. Did not work. Paolo drained it in his eye. Then Paolo uh, at the buzzer. Palo good. Palo good. I this magic made like eight extra passes on that possession. I thought there was no chance he was going to get it off. Uh, then he did. Um, the magic are going to be good, by the way. One day they should be. They're not yet, um, and it's kind of weird that they play like five big men at once a lot of the times. Like, but Franz Wagner and Paulo Boncaro are like two really good building blocks. For the future. And I think they really, really fit extremely well together um, as just two super skilled guys with a lot of size. Like it's going to be pretty easy, I think, to build around those guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, and they just have like, like, like decent players. Um, who knows what Jonathan Isaac's going to happen. He might just like give sermons to the rest of the teammate. But he might play basketball soon. Um, Tatum assemb- uh, attempted an, an insane lob to Rob, which he tipped out for a Hauser three, which Rob Williams tipping stuff. Like that's just like kind of what he does. We also got a moment of Rob Williams doing his thing where he hates handling the ball in the backcourt and almost had a turnover because he just like immediately threw it to Marcus Smart. That's uh, I forgot about that until he did it. Uh, I also forgot about Mo Bamba until he checked into the game. That was a fun. Uh, I was like, oh they, yeah, who is this giant man? Mo. Yeah, multiple Mo's. Speaking of that, that's another one of my joke. You know the song Mo Bamba? Yeah. If I would terrible just be constantly song. terrible song, but I would be constantly singing it about Mo Wagner. Multiple Mo's, multiple Wagner's. The Magic are ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, Admiral Schofield's got an absurd name. Um, I like it a lot. He's presumably friends with Grant Williams. Um, they are friends, yes. Close friends. Franz Wagner pulled a ridiculous uh, and one into – they got a continuation and like kind of threw it over his head for a, a, a and one. I, I don't know. It was. I thought it was impressive. Does that belong in the junk drawer? <laughs> you can't be complaining about the uh, the lack of screen in the junk drawer you, right now. You've really brought it up to another level this time. A very drunk man got kicked out of the game. He stumbled up the stairs. That was fun. I didn't see that. Um, Terrence Rock. I mean, Terrence Ross skyhook. Uh, that was impressive. Would you say that was a Hooper move? Oh, Terrence Ross is one of the biggest Hoopers there is. <laughs> That's a wild claim. <laughs> wild claim. I I, I, uh, I don't think you have the right definition of Hooper. Uh. Kevon Harris, made-up guy, uh, but went on a huge run. He, yeah, he had a couple of important buckets. He went on a five-point like five, uh, run just entirely on himself, knocked down a huge corner three. Never have heard of him before in my life. Um, there was a cool hustle play where Tatum dove on the ground, then Bro- Brogdon dove on the ground, and then everyone thought it was going to Jalen in the corner, but the, the whistle, uh, the crowd got duped. The crowd went electric. Because they thought Jalen made a three. It would have been one of the few made threes. Celtics missed like 17 threes in a row at some point. Um, halftime was a weird uh, like stomp the yard type thing. Where they had the um, the cheerleaders, the dance team, and the JetBlue flight crew all performing at the same time. And they kind of like battled over in midcourt. Um, it was weird. It was different. Uh, you probably didn't notice. but uh, That sounds uh, very strange. It was just a long fucking game. Part of the junk drawer, like third the, quarter went on forever, mostly because Al Horford um, kicked someone in the penis. Video review ever. Like the guy just hit someone in the nuts. It shouldn't have taken that long to figure out he smashed someone in the nuts. And whatever you want to do from that point, officials, just just do your thing, but don't make me wait for you to decide. <laughs> uh, bull, bull, throwing casual behind the back passes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> bull, bull. He did not have a great game. Uh, he's a guy who, like, in his highlights, looks like 
one of the best players who ever walked the face of the earth. He just didn't have many highlights today. Uh, the the prime minister of the nation of Cape Verde was in attendance. Um, and the Celtics were embarrassing themselves in front of the prime minister of Cape Verde. Um, not a good look for them. Do you think Al Horford was protesting Cape Verde? <laughs> yeah, I think he punched Mel Wagner in the nuts just to send a message, a political message to Cape Verde. I think it's within the realm of possibility. Uh, right as the Celtics were kind of trying to make a run, Rob Williams comes back in the game. They had a pump-up video that I thought, you got to give credit to the the people running the uh, the ops board. Well-timed. They knew they had that in the bag. Uh, the Celtics got it down to a 10-point game. It said the time is now afterwards, a little bit of a um, uh, reference to Time Lord. I thought that was going to be the thing that changed the vibes. Did not work. Uh, but you know what? The the guys upstairs, they was, made the room. Was that the same thing that KG used to do, except they had Robert Williams do it? Well, they have, they have Pierce do it. Some, they have a bunch of different players do it, like screaming, like, let's go. Like, where what are you guys doing? So KG had one. Pierce had one. Marcus Smart's had a couple. Um well timed. I thought the uh, execution was good on it. Just the Celtics didn't respond. I've got to say, your feet really stink. I'm sorry. Like about this that. is a one plus to not normally recording in the same room as you. Is it? I I did talk about junk. I didn't know your feet are. Or maybe they're my feet. Maybe it's my feet. It Somebody's feet fucking stink. I'm a little bit congested, so I can't smell it. So I'm sorry that you're suffering that alone. Um, the guy behind me kept on yelling, "Let's go Bruins." Uh, that was really fucking annoying. Um, it's just not like normally I sit upstairs. I don't interact with any fans and the guy of the fans. Let's go me, Bruins. Yeah. Just, just a, a drunkard. Uh, I didn't like him, uh, whatsoever. Uh, at one point smart in transition, uh, got tripped up. They called a foul and the towel guy who was out there to, uh, to kind of mop it up. Cause you know, that's what happens when they fall. He was the first guy to smart is smart to help him up off the ground. And I thought that was great hustle from the towel guy. That's that is good hustle from the towel guy. Um, let's see. Grant Williams got fouled um, in what was going to be called, I eventually called a flagrant foul, and he got up very aggressively. And it was kind of like a fake tough guy move, and I thought it was very funny because I thought that was just a traditional foul, like that was nothing. It made me laugh too, um, because he got up like he, <laughs> like he was looking for a fight. But then, like, made it very clear that he wasn't and just got up that way to just look like he was going to do that. And uh, it didn't feel genuine. No, it, it was very performative. It was a very performative <laughs> tough guy. Um, okay, let's talk about it now. During one of the other – that review of that, the wave happened. And you got into it, got into it with the folks on Twitter. People were uh, defending the wave. You've never been a wave guy, Jay King. Your thoughts? It was going clockwise, by the way. Clockwise wave, for those wondering. The fact that some people pay good money to go to a professional basketball game and think they need to wave their arms into the air to have fun is outrageous. And it takes away from the game. It takes away from people who care about the game. It was a dark mark on the city of Boston. How do you feel about Scal doing it on the broadcast? He participated in the wave. That I mean, that's just sad. It's sad to see someone, a, an NBA champion, 
um, fall that far and and submit to such. Tommy would never have done the wave. Such embarrassing behavior. Tommy would have slapped anyone who tried to do the wave. And and to see Scal fall into that trap, to see 18,000, 19,000 people throw their hands into the fucking air just sight. so that the person next to them can then throw their hands into the fucking air. Does that really sound like fun? What kind of fucking fun is that? It's no, not. It's nonsense. It's not. It's it's you know what, you know what people should appreciate about NBA games. There is no wave. The games themselves, they should appreciate Jason Tatum's lob to Rob Williams, and they should appreciate Luke Cornett defending the weirdness of him defending point guards, and they should appreciate Al Horford punching people in the <coughs> nads on occasion. They should appreciate Terrence Ross's absurd skyhook. They should not appreciate throwing their fucking arms into the air like two-year-old babies. Well, I'm glad we, we worked through that and got that out. <laughs> People think I'm like totally serious on Twitter when I People say really that come at you and be like, you, you must be fun at parties. Like, yeah, every, yeah, I am. This is like a bit. Like, I'm trying to be, trying to be entertaining Every right time now. I say that, people just get furious with me on Twitter. Like, I'm 100% serious. Saying that the entire city of Boston should be ashamed. <laughs> uh, at the end of the third quarter, for the record, I don't like the wave. I, I, think, I don't think it comes. From, I don't think you're completely making it up. No. Uh, at the end of the third quarter, this, they did a thing on the jumbotron called the "Raise the Roof" cam, where they wanted to see people raising the roof, and it was sponsored by East Coast Metal Roofing. And I just need to get a shout out to whoever the guy, the gumshoe in marketing, who came up with the idea, of being like, "We'll sell." This raised the roof cam for East Coast Metal Roofing. Well done. Like that's that's creative thinking. That's innovation on the jumbotron, and uh, that's and look, synergy. They got that with unpaid. Yeah, no unpaid advertisement on this year' podcast. Uh, chicken hat guy and the top hat guy. They're normally uh up in the uh somewhere uh, like upper lower bowl. They're courtside for some reason to do this game. Don't know why that happened, but it's the magic. Um. Malcolm Brogdon fouled Paolo and uh, he really wanted a review. And then the replay assistant said, no, you fouled him. And then he like was pretty pissed off about it. I thought that was interesting. Jay King almost fell over. My chair over. just broke. Oh, it just broke? My chair just broke. Let's see if I Good can Good thing the junk drawer is about to be, uh, about Dear to be Lord, over. Am I that big? Um, okay, in the post game, Joe Mazzula, hilarious. Joe Mazzula is the funniest guy I've ever seen. Just uh, Brad Stevens refused to really answer any questions, but he was asked about the impact uh, Al Horford's ejection had on the team. And he said, well, uh, the impact was, well, we didn't have him for the rest of the game. <laughs> I almost I almost lost it. I almost just died laughing after that because he has the driest humor of all. Um, when he was asked before the game whether Robert Williams was going to start or come off the bench and just said he was going to play center, I also <laughs> almost, I also almost <laughs> lost it. And he says it like like he's dead serious, like he's really answering the question. And uh it, it it's humorous. It really is. Uh Rob Williams casual swearing is back in the post game. I missed that. Um first question was like, yeah, it felt great to be out there, but we fucking lost. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. Uh and then after the game, the first question to Ch- Jason Tatum was like, what's going on out there? And I don't think he really did it. And I'm probably imagining this and more, it's more wishful thinking, but it felt like he dropped a Clay Davis. She turnovers and missed shots. 
Um, I think you, I think you're giving him a little too much credit. I think I added like three or four or five more E's in there, but it did a little extended shit. Turnovers and missed shots. If it was a nod to Clay Davis, then salute it to absolutely Tatum. wasn't a nod to Clay Davis, but um, I wanted it to be. Uh, and then also Tatum said that he asked for the tech, uh, which I like. Don't know if that was like a joke or he genuinely was like, give me a tech. Do you think he actually was like, ref, give me a tech? I don't think he said ref, give me a tech, but I think he wanted that tech. He he went out of his way to get a technical foul on, on that play. That was probably the most angry he's been because normally his techs are like he just slaps his hands together, or does some stupid gesture, and it's like after he gets fouled. This was like after someone else called a foul while he was waiting at the free throw line. He was definitely he said he said enough to to get a technical foul. So yeah, Tatum was pissed off after the Horford ejection. He was really pissed. He was he spent a lot of time John at the refs after that one, which I I mean <laughs> the man did strike someone in. Uh, after he was fouled, he got fouled. Tatum had to shoot the free throws. I also liked Tatum saying about that um, that sometimes man to man, you just gotta you just gotta get someone off of you, and that's what Horford was doing. Sometimes you just gotta and strike like, someone in the penis as a man. <laughs> sometimes as a man, you just have to lash out and strike another man in the nads. Al Horford trying to make sure that no one else is a father. Al Horford's the only father out there. That's it. That's the full junk drawer. I got nothing else. Do you have anything else? Any other observations from this game? Uh, that was a pretty thorough <laughs> junk drawer. More than half the podcast. I would, yeah, I would say that was pretty thorough. Um, I'm not sure I have anything to add to that list. I'd be shocked if you had uh, anything after that. Um, my last thing, the way we'll end this podcast, the Celtics are coming back and playing the Magic 3 p.m. on Sunday. The Celtics win by 22 points. How much do you think the Celtics will win? And how much do you think they'll win by if you do? They will win and it will not be close. And Mo Wagner (laughs) will have a tough day. That would be uh, my prediction. It'll be over 20. I think the Celtics hit over 23s and score 135 points. And it's just going to be an easy, easy win for them. One more part of the junk drawer, delayed piece of junk. Um, Danilo Gallinari has an obscene left-hand jumper. <laughs> As shoot-around today, he was just splashing lefty jumpers with, like, the smoothest form ever. And uh, Is he a hooper? Yeah, he's a high IQ guy. He, nah, that's a gamer. He knows how to play. Would you describe no, yourself game, as a gamer, hooper? Gamers are super competitive guys. Hoopers are, to me, high-intelligence guys who know how to play the game. Not... Hooper should not be a term that is used to describe guys that do dumbass things on a basketball court just in the sake of for the sake of going to get their own shot. It should be the guy. So is that person a baller then? No, that person's a fucking moron. <laughs> what if they do the wave and then do that? Then uh they should be banished from this year earth. You heard it here folks. If you do the wave you're a fucking moron. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up from us. Wrap it up from us here in the bowels of the TD Garden. Celtics lose 117 to 109. We'll be back later in the week to break down more of this seven game homestand for the Boston Celtics. Thank you guys for listening to Anything is Possible!